Yevomus Kufbeis of Mukbeis, a mind from the Sajid Kavnush name Kerchad. Isn't it amazing what topics we manage to cover as we go through Shas? So mindfulness has become the rage in the West over the last 10 or 20 years, as you know. It's been the rage in Asia for the last two and a half thousand years, and it's been a fundamental part of, of the practice of mitzvot for the last three and a half thousand years. Uh, the difficulty is that in, in Asia and in, uh, and in the West, they're teaching how to do it. And we don't ever do that. We, don't, we, we talk about kavana. Kavana is mindfulness. But we'll discuss more specifically uh, w- what that means and how it's different from uh, mindfulness as practiced in, in Asia and now, and now in the West. But we don't teach people how to have kavana. It's, it's, uh, in the West, we, we teach children at school, you must pay attention. Uh, you will have heard that many times as a child, I'm sure. Pay attention, pay attention. How do you pay attention when your mind is being distracted? There's not a class on that. That's not being taught. Uh, and yet mindfulness teaches, teaches that. So, so we failed, really, not only in Western education, but even in Torah education. We failed that we don't. We say you've got to have kavana when you daven. How? How do you have kavana when your mind's all over the place? What's the method? What's the practice? Uh, and that's something that we need to learn and and we need to teach. The uh, core to the idea of of mindfulness is the idea of of presence, of of being present. So in 2010, two researchers, uh, Killingsworth and Gilbert, did an amazing study of two and a half thousand people where they, uh, the the, the participants agreed that they would be pinged randomly during the day and night over a period of time. And they would have to answer three questions. That's all they would have to answer when when they're pinged. How are you feeling right now? What are you doing right now? And were you thinking about something other than what you're currently doing? Those were the three questions they asked. And what they came out with was that people were less happy when their minds were wandering than when they were not. And this was true during all activities, including unpleasant. So people were happier getting root canal treatment and being present than watching a movie and their minds are wandering. Uh, which is an amazing discovery because that means you can control your level of satisfaction by what you think, not by what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Clearly, we would rather be in a movie than, than having root canal treatment. But, but that's not what determines your happiness. What determines your happiness is what you're thinking while you're doing things. Kavana determines happiness. Doing something with, with kavana results in happiness, even if it's unpleasant, how much more so if it's pleasant. So if one davens with kavana, it's a pleasant experience, even if one doesn't feel like davening. And if you daven without kavana, it's an unpleasant experience. The, um, so, and again, we've got to get to the, what does it mean and how do you do it? And they came to the, the following conclusion, that a human mind is a wandering mind. It's natural that our mind wanders, and it's one of the gifts of, of, of our minds. And a one, but a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. Without a wandering mind, we wouldn't innovate. We wouldn't create. So we need a wandering mind. But a wandering mind is also an unhappy mind. The ability to think about what is not happening is a cognitive achievement. Only a human being can do that, to think about what's not happening. And that's imagination. So it's incredibly powerful and incredibly important. But that cognitive achievement comes at an emotional cost. We, we pay for it with our unhappiness. Uh, and that's perhaps why so many artists are unhappy people. 
because they're, they're troubled people, they're unhappy people. It's part of the creative process is to be working with things that aren't happening, to be conceiving of things that aren't happening. Um, and that in itself is not a is is not a satisfying experience. It's escapism. You can escape from an unpleasant experience by taking your mind somewhere else, but it's not really something which brings fulfillment and happiness. So to understand what's that got to do with Yevamot, so we'll see on Dafkuf Beis on Mudbeis. Firstly, as far as the the pasuk is concerned, in Kitetze, back to the pasuk we've used many times, and the Yevamah should come. Uh, before him in front, in the presence of a Beitin, the Chaltzan may al raglo, and she shall remove his shoe from off his foot. And in these these pages of Gemara, we have the whole process: how, what kind of shoe, what the shoe, how the shoe is designed, how she takes it off, what, the, the whole story, what she says when she's taking it off, what the Beitin have to do. Um, and this v'chaltzana alo, the Rambam paskins and say for a mitzvah is the smag. Everybody paskins that that is a mitzvah, one of the mitzvahs d'oraisa. It's mitzvah that say reish yud zayin in the Rambam. It's mitzvah that say nun beis in the in the smag. She tzivanu liyota yevama choletzet leyivma im lo yisayena. That the yevama has to take off the shoe of her yevam um, if he won't marry her. V'hu amro yitale, and that's the posuk of the chaltzana alo me al raglo. That being the case, we understand the Gemara on Daf Kuf Beis. The Gemara says there, and on our Daf, Yevama shigdila ben hachim. If a Yevama grew up among her brother-in-law, they all were in one in one home. The whole family was in one home. She was maybe it may have been older than the younger brothers. The brothers were little little kids. She becomes a Yevama. Her husband dies. So all the brothers who are now too uh, too young to do yibum or chalitza, possibly she's living in the house, and they are potentially to potential Yavams for her. She can still marry one of the brothers through Yibum. We're not worried that maybe she helped one of these little boys take off her, his shoe um, while they were growing up. And they're already Yavamim, and, and she takes off his shoe, and that could mean she's done Chalitza. So you see, that means because we... We, we don't have to worry about it. We, we don't have to worry that she took off his shoes. But that implies, if we know, if she tells us, or we have witnesses, that at one particular time, one of the little boys needed his shoe taken off, and she took his shoe off, if she says, I did that, then then we would be worried about it. Didn't we learn that there has to be kavana for chalitza? You can't just, she's taken for the shoe because the, guy, the little boy wants to go to bed. That's not chalitza. There's no kavana. He doesn't have kavana. She doesn't have kavana. They both have to have kavana. And the Gemara goes on to, to deal with that. But because chalitza is a mitzvah, we see that it has to have kavana. We know that mitzvot sechot kavana, that you need kavana with a mitzvah. And particularly something like chalitza, which could be mitasek. You could just be doing it like casually. You're doing it for another reason altogether. Nothing to do with the mitzvah. The boy wants to go to sleep. You're the babysitter. So you take your shoe off. That's clearly not an, not an act of chalitza. But what we've got to look at is this kavana needed for chalitza. What is the nature of this this kavana, this intention that, that we need. And by the way, remember that the word kavana comes from what word? 
kivun, which is direction. So it has a slightly different meaning from presence and mindfulness, uh, and and we'll understand that difference. But but it comes into that same category of of sense of presence and and being. And the Chacham Tzvi, we we learned a piece of Nesivas yesterday, uh, the Rav Milisa, and then the Nesivas was a great grandchild, a great grandson of the Chacham Tzvi. The Chacham Tzvi was a big posek in the 17th century, who was the Rov in Amsterdam. Um, the old Spanish and Portuguese, Portuguese shul in, in Amsterdam, he was the, the rov of that community. And it was he was the rov accepted both by the Ashkenazim and the Sephardim, a very great rov. Later on, there was an issue then. He went to London. He was a, a, a rov of the Sephardim in London and later on back again to, to Eastern Europe. Chacham Tzvi is a very important uh, a pillar of, of Psak. And the Chacham Tzvi is also was the father of Rabbi Yaakov Emden. So all of that... Um, fits in together, and the Chacham Tzvi clarifies, ach, th- this kavana, chakirat Chacham, this needs a Chacham to analyze. This kavana that our Gemara says you need when you do Chalitza, there needs to be intention. Is this like any other mitzvah? You need kavana for a mitzvah. Chalitza is a mitzvah. As the Rambam paskins, you need kavana. Or is this like kinyanim? Because chalitza is also a kinyan. She acquires her own freedom. It's like like getting in a kind of a way. We know a get is a kinyan. And we know that kiddushin, marriage, is a kinyan. Is chalitza also a kinyan? And if Chalitza is a Kenyan, then maybe the idea of Kavana is like with every, every Kenyan. We had a piece of Gemara not, not too long ago uh, where we had the case of um, a, a ger, or der benichse a ger. A person is, is farming in the property of a ger, and he thinks it's his, Lokani. Um, that doesn't make it his. He's not, why is it not a Kenyan? Uh, it, it doesn't belong to anybody, it's Hefker, and he's busy farming there, but the Gemara says because he doesn't have intention. So for a Kenyan, you need Dat Makne and Dat Kone, you need the intention of the seller and the buyer, of the giver and the receiver. Both have to realize you're doing a Kenyan. So ask the Chacham Tzvi, is the role of Kavanah here to make it a valid Kenyan, to give her her freedom and to make her mutter to her, to her uh, to, to the rest of the world, but Asu to her brothers, or is it because it's a mitzvah and mitzvah striches kavon? And he goes into the difference between them, um, as to what difference it will it will make. Uh, for example, if it's not, uh, if this is just about doing a kinyan, then even if you didn't have in in mind, I'm allowing her by doing this, she's allowed to marry anybody. And you don't have to have in mind the whole story. You just have to know that you're doing a kinyan. You have to know that you're doing chalitza, but if it's kavon and mitzvah, you need more than that. And he comes to the conclusion in the second paragraph. This is because of the mitzvah. It brings the Rambam, where it says, Each of them have to have kavon that she's taking off the shoe. And the Rambam says, as we'll see in a moment, this has to be done lishma. That doesn't apply by kinyonim. There's no such thing as you've got to do a kinyan lishma. The word lishma you use about when it comes to mitzvot. A mitzvah has to be done lishma. You've got to do it l'shem mitzvah. Uh, if you're just blowing a, 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 
shofar on Rosh Hashanah and you're just teaching a child how to do it, your intention is not to do a mitzvah. You can't be moitzi other people. If we're talking about kinyonim, there's no such word of, of lishma. Clearly from the wording of the Rambam, which you see in the next line, So you see in the Rambam, says the Chacham Tzvi, that the idea of kavana in chalitza is the idea of lishma. And we see that also in Rashi. We don't even have to go to, to the Rambam. In our own Sugi HaChazin and the Chalzah HaShin, and Rashi says, the law nit kavnu lechalitzat mitzvah. He doesn't say the law nit kavnu lechalitzah. There's a, a similar um, uh, a parallel Sugi in, in Ksubis, Dafayin Dalud, Amadalaf, I think it is. Um, and there Rashi just says, the law nit kavnu, nit kavnu lechalitzah. Here Rashi emphasizes, not, it's not enough just to say, I'm, I'm doing chalitza, I'm taking off his shoe. It has to be, I'm doing the mitzvah, I'm doing mitzvah resh yud zayin in the sefer ha-mitzvahs. In the mitzvah, lachlot na'alo shel ayabamim sirev liyabem. He doesn't want to be meyabim me, that leaves me in the position of having to do a mitzvah, which I'm now doing. And, and that's the idea of, of, of lishma. And that idea of, of lishma introduces a completely different dimension into Jewish mindfulness into what, what mindfulness is in, in the Torah. Mindfulness in the Torah is not just doing the maise, that you've got to have kavana for the chalitza, as Rashi says in, in Ksubis, you've got to be able to do the maise, the, the, the as the Rambam says. says, So that part of it is the same as, as Killingsworth and Gilbert's research. You, while you're doing it, you've got to be present. You've got to know that I'm doing this. I'm doing chalitza. I'm taking the shoe off. I'm, I've got to be calm. You say, but sure, of course, you're taking the shoe off. Of course, you're aware. How many times has it happened to you that, that you're not aware? That you're driving somewhere and you actually suddenly realize you're not quite sure how you got there. You weren't thinking of it. Where you, you put something down and you don't remember where you put it. Why don't you remember where you put it? It's not because you've had a memory lapse. It's because you weren't concentrating when you put it there. So you didn't remember. You weren't present. So it's not so obvious that we're present when we do things. Mostly we do things mindlessly. And so there's a f- the first thing is there's a, there's a requirement in Kavana of Yitkaven Hu Shiach Lotzla. He has to have Kavana. I'm taking off her shoe. I need to know that. That's the first element of Kavana. I'm davening. I'm putting on my tefillin. To know what you're doing and to be present in what you're doing so, there's that, so that your mind isn't that wandering mind when you're learning Torah, you can let your mind wander a little bit because that's how you think of other sugyas and you can as long as your mind isn't wandering completely off the topic. But when you're davening, you don't want your mind to wander. You want to have kavana. One day, if anybody's interesting, interested, we can, can learn how to develop kavana. But there's an additional dimension. You don't have this in Asian meditation and you don't have this in Western meditation. And that is to be present. Not only what am I doing it, but for what am I doing in, in, in Western, in, in general mindfulness, it doesn't matter for what you're doing. it. You're staring at a flower. You're staring at a candle. You're watching your breath. It doesn't matter what you're doing it for. Mindfulness doesn't require a lishma element. But in Shmirata Mitzvot, in the practice of mitzvahs, my, mindfulness needs, I'm doing this, I'm taking her shoe off, and it's the shame mitzvah. 
I'm doing this as one of the mitzvot of the Torah. Hashem is doing that. That's part of, of being present, not only present in your action, but being present in the presence of Hashem. Hashem on Shabbos, we're after, in the Beis HaMedrash Minyan, after, after davening, we do Shulchan Aruch for half an hour, and I'm teaching how to learn Shulchan Aruch, how to learn Shulchan Aruch, how to understand the Vilna Gon, and we're going to be starting at the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. And uh, one of the things we'll be learning about is this idea of what it means to be in the presence of Hashem. So pre presence in, in the West and in Asia, presence means being present in the present moment. But with us, there's a whole different dimension. Present in the present moment, in the presence of Hashem. As, as Moshe Rabbeinu tells us, Hashem wants His Yirah to be on your face uh, so that you don't sin. And we learned back on Daf Ayin Chet, in, in the Matmonim, we learned the Mashor told us that the idea of Busha is the idea of, of, of the presence of Hashem being visible on your face. That you're so present that somebody watching you can see that you're present in the, in the presence of Hashem. Just as when you're busy doing the Chalitza with, with Kavona, people can see you're focusing on taking the, uh, the, the shoe off. You're putting on tefillin, people can see you. Your mind is where you are. Your mind is focused on One can see that. One should also be able to see that a person is in the presence of Hashem. And that's something all the time. How do we get there? How do we get to such a level of kavanah? So that there are two dimensions in kavanah when it comes to kavanah tamitzvot. There's the yitkaven hu shiachalotzla. One dimension of kavanah, one dimension of Jewish mindfulness is know what you're doing. Be present in what you're doing. Don't have your mind wandering while you're doing it. Second dimension, be present also in what you're doing it for. Be present also in the purpose and the meaning of your action. Why are you doing it? Not only what are you doing it. And to make sure that part of why you're doing it is, is that Hashem has commanded us to do that. And we're living in the presence of Hashem and fulfilling His mitzvot. <laughs>